0: Hosts, Nero.
1: And I'm the other host Jane.
0: This is a She-Ra rewatch and companion podcast um, specifically she and the Princesses of Power.
1: Yes not the 1980s she that's a different podcast.
0: A different podcast that I don't want to do. Um, <laughs> it's been a bit since we recorded it's been a couple of weeks we double recorded the last two episodes just to peek behind the curtain there. Yeah and in that time some some things have been happening across the world and yeah specifically in the united states
1: yeah things have gone a little bit we um well we when we were doing the the last two episodes it was uh i think either a day or two days before um the situation um with george floyd happened and and all of this kind of went down you know we ended up you know, releasing both of those episodes because, um, you know, I I think that a they were basically already done, and b, you know, it uh, it can provide like hopefully a little bit of a positive distraction um, while this is going on, because uh, Lord knows a lot of people need some positivity right now with uh, how bad uh, things are.
0: Sometimes you need to take a break from. The timeline for a little bit and think about something else everyone understands this it's it's vital you you need to stay informed and you need to you know be involved but you also can't do this 24 7 it would it's exhausting
1: it absolutely is and um you know while uh while everybody's out there uh fighting the good fight you know it's important that you know there's also something for them to come back to that's you know, they can kind of take their mind off for a while. Trust me, I know, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty insane out there right now. Uh, I've been out there a bit, it's not uh, super fun. But, you know, we're gonna include uh, with this episode where we uh, drop it, there's gonna be some links to uh, some bail funds. Um, we'd really appreciate if you, like, uh, drop some money to them, whatever your, lo- your local one is, or, or one that isn't local, whatever um you'd like to do but uh you know they can definitely use it um it's uh it's not been super fun um and and the uh the cops are not exactly going easy on anyone so uh any help is definitely uh good
0: you don't have to be out on the streets to be a part of the movement every little bit helps
1: absolutely absolutely because, of
0: course, this is also crossing over with a extremely infectious pandemic. Um, so, you know. Yeah, we will include links to the Bail Project and some other orgs uh, in the description uh, when we publish this episode. Now that we've touched on that, I think there's something else we, ha- we need to touch on as well. We need to do a bit of a correction in our previous episode.
1: That's that's absolutely right. Um, the other bit of housekeeping we have to take care of, and this is critical, is in the previous episode with Perfuma, there was a bit about party kale. Um, we regret to inform you that we did miss the opportunity to make a weed joke.
0: It's so clear. It was right in front of us. It's party kale. It's green. It's already a green stinky leaf. It's part, It's party kale. Obviously... It's some, it's some, it's weed. It's
1: weed. It's weed. And, and we missed, and we missed the weed joke. We're very sorry. We will never, uh, cease our penance walk for that.
0: No, never. It's, it's, it's a great shame upon us as podcasters and comedians and
1: people in general. Exactly.
0: We vow to never miss another weed joke in the future.
1: Yes, we will, we will stay on top of it.
0: Um, but this week, there will be no opportunity for weed jokes. No because this, they...
1: this week is our is our fun seafaring episode with our fun seafaring character Seahawk um, whom we all know and love.
0: Yes, we are going to be discussing season one episode five, the Seagate. Um, this one is another one of these sort of like, they're not really Monster of the Week, they're Princess of the Week episodes, where we meet a few new characters and try to get them into the Rebellion.
1: Exactly. Um, I actually really like those a lot. They don't last, like...
0: No, we're, we're done with them uh, pretty much after Episode 8 of this season, uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. I think it's good that they don't last... Monster of the week is not a is not something that can support a show for very long.
1: No, it's not especially strong, but it's a good way to introduce um, characters and concepts, kind of rapid fire, um, that you can kind of just be like, okay, well, we'll go back to that later, you know, and, and do that a little more in depth. Um, but it's it's a good way to just get everything out.
0: The show uses it very well. The show knows exactly when to stop. It's monster of the week stuff.
1: Exactly. Um, the,
0: the princess this week is Mermista, the, the sea princess, but before we get to her, of course, we have to actually cross uh, the ocean. And I think before we even get to our fun pirate friend, Seahawk, we should talk about the environment design in this episode.
1: Yeah, the environment design, the character design, and the like stuff design because all of it's actually really strong in this episode. Um, like, um, first off the, the background painting as always just gorgeous, like, um, really, really, really top notch. Like I, I still have a really strong affinity for a lot of the like, kind of like Steven Universe style, uh, background painting. Um, that, that that kinda always gets me, but um but the Shira, the way that Shira approaches it I think is is honestly just as good. Like I'm I'm really, really into um the level of like detail and uh the colors of it. Like it's a very, very colorful show.
0: Yeah, it's very dazzling. The um the the environment we're introduced to in this episode is the port town of Seaworthy. Which is just chock full of fun, like fish and sea-based side, uh, like background characters.
1: Yeah, they're very fun. Especially there's one, this is one guy who shows up at the very beginning. Um, he just kind of, just kind of stands awkwardly next to uh, everybody, just sipping on some kind of weird beverage with a giant proboscis. It's really funny.
0: Yeah, he's basically just a robe with a big proboscis and some arms sticking out. And he shows up uh, quite a few times after this. Uh, So does the very buff barkeeper.
1: The very, very buff barkeeper. I have to say, uh, this show spends a lot of time um, admiring very large, very muscular women. And I have to say, really good choice. Great choices on that one. You did it.
0: Yeah, we'll certainly be talking more about that uh, later. Um, and also, the boats in this show are very fun.
1: The boats are great, especially because they like it's uh, they're like magic boats. They fly and float around, but like they still have to be in the water. It's it's fun.
0: Right. They they have this thing that sticks out from the back of it. This sort of like. It looks like a rudder, but it's the only part that touches the the sea.
1: Yeah, isn't that like the keel? I don't know. What, I don't know what boats are. I think the
0: keel is just the bottom of the boat, okay. if I remember correctly. Or maybe that's the hull. I don't. Listen, I don't know Listen, boats. we're not boat
1: experts here. Okay, leave your leave your boat know. related comments uh, if if you know what boats are.
0: Don't at me about boats. <laughs> don't at me about anything, but especially not boats. I don't care. (laughs) But, now that we've established that the boats in this uh, episode look very fun, we should also talk about their very fun captain.
1: Yes, the the best sea captain that has ever lived, at least if he told the story, uh, a Mr. Seahawk.
0: Seahawk. uh, I don't know much about his uh, 85 She-Ra incarnation, and frankly, I don't care, because this version of Seahawk... ...is the only version of Seahawk to me. Yeah, the only he, version worth caring about. He is a fun... Uh, ...sea captain... ...sort of almost Han Solo-ish... ...archetype in this episode. He loves to sing... Uh, ...sea shanties, and arm wrestle... ...and, and generally boast about his various... Uh, ...escapades. He's just a rowdy boy. Um, and he is a, he is... ...probably, if you had to pick... ...one character who is basically exclusively comic relief, uh, it would be Seahawk.
1: Yeah, Seahawk is this show's funny animal companion. Now, you might be wondering, but what about Swiftwind? No, Swiftwind is not a funny animal companion. He makes no. jokes, but he's not a funny animal companion. Seahawk is.
0: Seahawk is a very, a very funny character. And... But because of his high concentration of comic relief, they can't. They don't rely on him exclusively for it, for one. Uh, Everyone gets to have funny moments in this show, uh, because it's, you know, it's character driven comedy. It's not necessarily slapstick or anything like that. Um, And so what you get is that Seahawk is deployed very strategically. I would say there are only three or four episodes in the whole show that focus around seahawk he's in he's in more than that but usually only in the background
1: yeah he's not like a major focus of the episode and certainly most of the time he doesn't get the chance to do one of his incredible songs um but uh when he does get to do them they're very very fun he's a great singer he's a good singer
0: his voice actor here for a moment oh yeah to shout him out i'm really bad at googling today i don't know what the hell i'm doing because I looked up Seahawk IMDb, but then I remember that there are multiple movies called Seahawk.
1: Oh no! Uh,
0: Jordan Fisher is Seahawk's voice actor.
1: Well, Jordan Fisher, you do a very good job at singing and also being a, a boastful, rowdy boy.
0: He was in *Until Until Dawn*, and he was also in uh, *Grease Live*. Nice. So you know, he's he's a he's a singer is established and I think he uses his talents uses his talents very well in this show
1: he really does you know it's it's funny actually the first time I um I saw the uh the Seahawk episode here the first one and um and he does like his little introductory I am Seahawk I am I am uh Shanty I like I I didn't actually like the song that much it's Um, a pop but it really, it's really ruined on me. I think, as you know, on on like the second or third rewatch, like it's it's a good it's a good song.
0: It is. It's 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 very catchy. It's very you know the theater of it all.
1: The theater of it all, and it's really cute at the end when Bo and him are both like singing about the best friend squad at sea. Like that. That's cute. That's a cute touch.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. The comedy in the show, in general, I think we've said it before, but it's 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 a very it's the show's really funny, and I think sometimes that gets uh, slept on a little bit, especially in the later seasons when things are uh, significantly more dramatic.
1: Yeah, like this show has uh, some great top notch drama and like character development, and that kind of stuff, but it's also got really good humor, like. Uh... I think mean, one of my favorite bits in this entire episode is just, like, Mermista's one single palace guard who has to do absolutely everything. <laughs> he's just, like, he's running he's running ragged trying to, like, be a butler and a guard and the, the portmaster and the guy who christens boats, and it's really the, good.
0: The bit where he uh, runs up to them... Uh, and basically, a no a no cut shot is very funny.
1: Yeah, they they really know how to do like uh, I mean, like the ri- the written comedy and the visual comedy are both like just flawless. And um, and this whole episode also, Glimmer just spends it like well, not the whole episode, but most of the episode, she's so annoyed at how everyone is just like like a, like Bo is just enamored with Seahawks so much, just completely just like thinks he's the coolest guy ever meanwhile uh, adora and seahawk are just constantly like arm wrestling
0: (laughs) and showing off they're jocks they gotta they gotta compete
1: listen they're competitive jocks and they have to be the best unfortunately for seahawk adora is better um and and glimmer just spending the entire time like this is so dumb it's it's good
0: Right, yeah, she's very much the only one taking this seriously well because if sh- if this fails, then her mom is never gonna let her out of the castle again,
1: oh yeah, for sure, she would just like just just infinite grounding at that point,
0: but I think one of the reasons that the comedy always works is because they never stoop low, they never go for e- like there's no reference humor, there's no like gross out humor or anything like that. they stay within the realm of like either written or visual humor very well
1: yeah i i have to say i i appreciate so much they don't do like pop culture references and that kind of nonsense like that is like the like the fastest way to lose me in like a scene because well for two reasons one i don't think pop culture references are that funny and two i don't know that much pop culture so half the time i like goes straight over my head
0: The only pop culture references in this show are Easter eggs pertaining to the original She-Ra.
1: Yes, and those are actually really good, even if you've never seen it. Like, I've never seen it, but, like, they're still really fun. Yeah, Seahawk
0: is a character who could very easily be grating and annoying if you use him too much or if your comedy writing is not uh, at a good level, but he is endearing and funny and, and... There's even some good emotional scenes with him later on in the show. And yeah. Maybe even in this episode.
1: I think that, like, one of the key things about it when you're going to have a character who's, like, m- the vast majority comic relief like that is you got to make them really sincere. Like, you can't have them be, like, like, sarcastic funny, and you can't have them be, like, mean funny. Like, they just kind of have to be super, super sincere about it. And... Um, I think some shows try and and do that, but they kind of go a little bit in the opposite direction. They make a character that's like really self deprecating, and that's really not fun to watch either. Um, Seahawk kind of gets this really nice middle ground, though, where like he's he is so utterly sincere. He is completely invested in his own like bravado and like like theatrics, and it's really really funny.
0: But at the same time, he's so worried about how other people perceive him. Like, if he he thinks people think he's uncool, it just destroys him.
1: It does. He just, he can't handle not being the coolest guy in the room, and it's like... But again, they don't do it in a way that, like, he's beating himself up about it. He's, like, always trying to, like, you know, one-up everyone instead of, like, getting really sad, which, um... Like I, I think that makes it work a lot better I think you know they could have really easily Made him kind of like Like a pathetic character but like they didn't go That route and he's kind of just like Annoying but like with a heart of gold kind of Situation
0: Right I mean Kyle is a pretty He's is more the pathetic comic Relief character
1: yeah Kyle is the Pathetic comic relief character Um <laughs> he's that is that is his That is his part to play in this In this uh theater performance
0: Now, speaking of just complete sincerity, there's another character who was introduced in uh, in this episode that we need to talk about, and that's Force Captain Scorpia.
1: Yes, oh my god. What an introduction. It's one of the strongest introductions in the show, honestly.
0: I think there's one... I mean, Scorpia is basically the biggest indicator the The show you're watching is run by lesbians. Look at her,
1: oh my god, yeah, literally just look look at her she literally she's she is built uh like a refrigerator and she is one hundred percent here for hugs, and that is about it and that is it's really good, hey, it's really good. hey everybody, it's really good,
0: Scorpia. Her introduction, she starts off in the shadows very ominously, and then immediately her first line is Kitty and then she hugs Katra.
1: Yeah. Oh hey, just to let you know I'm a hugger, like uh, like instantly just just fell in love with this character. Like, Scorpia is just truly truly amazing. Like the like the nicest character in the show, like, by far.
0: I don't know whose decision it was to give Scorpia like a friendly sort of upper Midwestern accent, but it was the correct choice.
1: Oh, yeah, like her like Minnesota adjacent accent, just like it really, like it really sells it. It gives her such a like, it just makes her sound so friendly. It's, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. She's such a good character
0: it's so funny to have the character with gigantic scorpion claws and a big sharp scorpion tail who's built like a freight train also be kind-hearted and loving hugs and all of this sort of thing
1: well i mean let's let's be real let's be real here if you're built like a freight train you're probably gonna give really good hugs so you know she's she's got that in her corner
0: I don't want to get hugged by Scorpia. I want to, I want to, I, want to, I bet, yeah, she probably gives great hugs. Katra doesn't know what she's got.
1: Yeah, Catra, well, Catra truly does not know what she's got, but we'll get to that later.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, that's, she doesn't do a whole lot in this episode, but just, just watch that space, because I think you'll find Scorpia
1: is pretty,
0: a, a pretty major supporting character, I would say.
1: Oh yeah, she's she is uh one of the big supporting cast members. I think it's like uh her and Trapta and I guess I guess Shadow Weaver, I think are like the main supporting cast.
0: Yeah. We will meet uh in Trapta next week, but for now we should focus on the princess we meet in this episode, uh Mermista. Yes. So Mermista First of all, she has a great design. I love her design so much.
1: It's so good. Like, it's a very strong design. I love her, like... It it fits her personality really well because she has, like, that kind of regal thing going on, but at the same time, she's also got, like, what are essentially, like, just yoga pants on because she's she's very go with the flow, but in a very different way than Perfuma is. Like, she's not really, like, a oh, you know, follow the flow of the universe kind of thing and more of just a, like you know hey I super don't have the patience or the energy to uh, to deal with you you know I'm just kind of gonna go uh go my own way
0: mermista feels like she's worked retail for 15 years and is just oh, sort yeah. of done with everything
1: yeah mermista mermista is like she she's been she has been in charge of her kingdom for all of
0: Probably only a few years probably a few
1: years but listen I imagine re- uh, reigning over a kingdom in uh, etheria is probably pretty similar to retail
0: the horde is basically just uh, that's what customers are like they're always uh, blasting down your door with laser cannons demanding everything you have not yeah. listening to anything
1: oh yeah no, I mean re- honestly really they're just that's just what customers are. It's just what customers are.
0: Uh, But Mermista is another character archetype who I think, if you you are not careful, can be very annoying. That is, of course, the sort of, like, April from Parks and Rec, May from... or Mai from um, Avatar... Sort of aloof, above it all, goth girl, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is like it can get really annoying. All it, it can get really annoying, especially when it like I feel like those characters have a tendency to really drag out like any scenes where they have like their you know big kind of like huffing and puffing like I'm annoyed with you moment. um But remista doesn't really do that in the same way, like. She's not, like, completely 100% disinterested in everything that's happening. She's just really annoyed by, like, very specific things. So, you know, there's not, like, this rigmarole where you have to, like... You know, the other characters have to, like, um, convince her to, like, participate. Like, she is participating in the things that are happening. She's just very annoyed about them.
0: Right. She's annoyed by specific things such as the Seagate uh, being destroyed... Um people barging into her kingdom for no reason. And Seahawk. Seahawk, yeah, she's <laughs> Seahawk is a big one, I think. They have a very fun dynamic in this episode and in the future.
1: Yeah, their their dynamic is really good. I <laughs> it's it's great. And of course we also get the very first um um Ermista Ugh scene, um, which her 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 Uggs are, are so strong.
0: Her voice actor is great at delivering those Uggs, for sure. Once again, the voice acting in this show carries it through a lot.
1: It really does. Like, it's it's so strong. Like, you know, again, honestly, like, I can't think of any voice performance off the top of my head that, like, I genuinely dislike that i was like oh i i didn't like this like i feel like even even some of the weaker ones just they're like all they all really like do a pretty good job
0: i really don't think there were any weak performances in the show honestly like the closest thing is is gray griffin's characters but like ultimately they the performance for those characters is fine because the general really only exists for like um exposition delivery yeah raz is, is fun raz is a fun character
1: yeah and raz is fun so like yeah it's they they did a really good job they played i feel like they played everybody's strengths really well
0: for sure such as uh jordan fisher's singing uh as seahawk for sure
1: yes exactly
0: Um, there's not a whole lot with Shadow Weaver in this, but there's only one little scene where we just sort of get another, another reinforcement of Shadow Weaver's treacherous, self-serving nature, uh, here in the Horde, right?
1: Yeah, we get, like, this, um, this moment where she's gonna send, uh, Catra out on the, uh, the mission to go retrieve Adora from, uh, Selenius, and... Of course, she found out with one of her many shadow spies. Ooh.
0: She, uh, Catra raises some questions about that, because Hordak clearly told Shadow Weaver, stop going after Adora. You don't, she's just some random traitor. We don't need to be putting all of our soldiers towards capturing this girl. But clearly Shadow Weaver didn't listen and is going completely behind Hordak's back on this. Yeah. Uh, Shadow Weaver is confident that Catra will not narc on her
1: yeah very confident on that I'm sure um, I'm sure Catra has absolutely no motivation uh, whatsoever to possibly narc on her
0: not at all she's being Shadow Weaver isn't being uh, overly mean or demanding of her at all and I think that will not come back to bite her at all
1: yeah of course not I mean really a fine upstanding character this uh, Shadow's Weaver
0: one more scene we need to talk about here and it's a it's a big one this episode is very much mostly jokes it's mostly the fun kind of like it's seahawk adventures it's it's sea shanties it's all that sort of thing it's it's scorpia doing her thing Mm -hmm. there is one scene between catra and adora that i think is very strong
1: Yes, it is. It's a very strong scene. It's like, um, it's like it's a scene in which they kind of really cement um, the dynamic they're gonna have, carrying the show forward. You know, they, Katra is is still trying to kind of joke around with Adora and like be friendly with her a little bit and try and kind of convince her to come back, um, but adora is not buying what she's selling she has no interest and um in fact i feel like you really like see it like the first like notion of it um catra is like trying to show adora like hey and while you're gone i i got your promotion how cool is that and Adora is just like you know congratulations like you know she's not interested whatsoever and catcher's face just immediately falls and her whole demeanor shifts like she really um expected adora to actually be like happy for her and she wasn't at all and i think that that really threw her off a lot
0: yeah this is the first time they've talked since episode two i believe mm-hmm. and at this point going on on this mission I'm sure Katra is still convinced that this is all just a fad just a phase that she's going through she just needs to be brought to her senses and get taken away from these dumb sparkly rebellion idiots
1: yeah exactly and I think this is also like the first moment where she's starting to get the picture that like that's not gonna happen that like what that there's not a lot that she's gonna be able to do to necessarily like win her back over and of course, that uh, gets her pretty riled up. She's a little bit, she's a little bit pissed. Um, There's
0: some pretty <laughs> nasty blows that she does here in this scene. She um, she scratches Adora's face and punches her right in the gut. It's it's pretty brutal. Yeah, honestly. She,
1: yeah, she does not hold any punches. And of course, Adora the whole time can't really fight back because she's trying to do her like magical sword fix shenanigans right,
0: she, she's casting she can't move
1: yeah she's uh she's she's got a cooldown. um meanwhile you know catra is just free to kind of wail on her and she and she is kind of you get the impression that she's kind of using adora as a punching bag to kind of get a lot of her emotions out and you know maybe not the healthiest thing to do catra maybe you shouldn't do that but you
0: know <laughs> oh no definitely not she yeah she's extremely like you know the the scene starts out and and she's just sort of pacing around and fooling around she's she's playfully perched on Adora's sword and like trying to keep her off balance but as as a, as she talks to Adora and realizes that like oh uh, this is this is this is this is for real for real she's not coming back she her demeanor shifts very radically um, and it's like I said, it's pretty brutal.
1: Yeah, she just like immediately starts really, really wailing on her, and uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's kind of important a, a for things to come here. It it sort of it it kind of establishes the theme of Catra realizing that the image she had in her head of what her and adora's life would be like um is just getting shattered harder and harder every day and she's just like and she's very angry about it and she's taking it out on um anyone and everyone uh within arm's reach and in this instance of course it is dora
0: right she's once again asking her to come home once again is rebuffed is spurned and and it hurts all over again just like in episode 2 right
1: yeah it's uh it's it's not exactly a, a closed wound it's still pretty fresh so uh you know she's not she's not handling it super well
0: i'm sure her mood is not improved by taking a dip in the ocean
1: no though i will say that the bit where um Scorpia just kind of comes up on a piece of driftwood and drags her away Um, really funny. Once again, top-notch visual comedy.
0: Can we talk about how Scorpio almost murdered Bo in this episode? Oh, yeah,
1: she does straight-up almost just kill him.
0: Now, I know Scorpia. I don't think she knew that fan was there, but she did almost kill him for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think she was just trying to throw him overboard, but unfortunately, um, the horde operates on... Um, MCU technology apparently and they have big gigantic fans on the side of their ships.
0: The MCU wishes they looked as cool as the Horde.
1: You're you're right. You're right. It's it's insulting to the Horde.
0: I wish the helicarriers were chunkier.
1: Yeah, clean. God. Yeah, they're 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 they look too much like an aircraft carrier. Put some more put some more greebles on that. Come back to me. Come back to me when you greeble it up.
0: The horde understands you gotta greeble it up. Horde uh, Kordak knows the value of Greebles.
1: He does. He he knows. Listen, if there's one thing that I know about Kordak is that um, he's all about the looks. This this guy, he I mean, just look at him. He he is he is the big goth man, and he needs uh, to make sure you know it.
0: He built a giant staircase to his big stupid throne he's all <laughs> about the big, image
1: dumb throne in the middle of the room it's he probably, doesn't probably even s- sit in he doesn't even he's sit half... in it it's like inconvenient for him probably because he has to like go to his workshop behind his throne he has to like walk up the philadelphia library of stairs to get up there
0: yeah like it's it's uh, the sacrifices he makes to keep his image it's it's, Listen, it's somewhat it's, inspiring, honestly.
1: It is. Listen, you gotta sacrifice everything for the look. That He knows that more than anyone.
0: Hordak is absolutely those goth kids who wear full jeans and a hoodie in the summer.
1: Oh, yeah. Th- Listen, I can relate. I'm, I was one of those kids. I'm still one of those kids, kind of.
0: I can't do it. I live in Texas. It's way too hot. I die. If yeah. I wear long sleeves in the summer, I literally just die.
1: Listen, it get, it is pretty hot around here, too. Thankfully... Thankfully, uh, don't spend that much time outside, so it ends up working out. Yeah, that's the key. The outside is evil, kids. Stay inside. Stay inside. Message brought to you by Podcast of Power.
0: Message brought to you by Hordak. (laughs) I think that about does it for the the first half of this show. Uh, Ultimately, this episode once again a lighter monster of the week type episode just a sort of a fun romp with some light character building put in there um but i think we'll have a few things to talk about here in the spoiler zone about some of the characters introduced here in this episode and uh some parallels even in this episode which is surprising for a com uh, a very comedic focused episode
1: Yes, we'll have have quite a few um, Little things to, to talk about On the other side See you there
0: See you there And Seahawks relationship is one of the more interesting ones, I think. Because they get their big confession uh, at the end there, and I think it's hard for one. But honestly, it seems like they're almost a little bit on again off again from the start.
1: Yeah, they kind of like You know, they they talk about Remissa talks about the the dolphin the dolphin yeah the dolphin social where like you know very clearly like implying that like he was at the very least her plus one if not her date and, <laughs> and he tried to fight the bouncer um he and set the boat on
0: fire in the set, tunnel of love
1: set the boat on fire in the tunnel of love which can you blame him it's i can't think of anything more romantic than if my date um were to set the boat we're on on fire um
0: it's a grand gesture. I don't know if I ever missed it didn't appreciate it. It
1: really is. And also, there's, like, just the, the physical aspect of it. Like, they're having this conversation, and Seahawk is just all over her, all over the throne. He just, he just like, hops in her lap, and she's just like, uh, but, like, she doesn't stop him.
0: Much like Catra and Adora in Season 5, Episode 7.
1: Ooh, yes, that's a good point. Quite a parallel you've got there. Uh-huh. Seahawk also loves to be annoying. Seahawk adores being annoying, and so does Catcher. I feel like they would get along really well, actually.
0: Oh, it's a crime that we never see them interacting.
1: I know. Listen, that's well. That's what fan fiction is for, right?
0: Oh, it's so good. There, that is that is one of the one of the character pairings that I wish we got more of on screen. Um, thankfully we got some Scorpion Seahawk interactions. That's a great episode.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, that that's so good. I I love I love their interactions cuz like cuz like they're both I feel like okay, yes, they're both absolutely stupid. Um but also they're both the most genuine characters. Like they're the most like hard on your sleeve like they what you see is what you get i think
0: Bo is also I mean, Bo is literally hard on his sleeve and his chest and
1: his boots that's true but i think Bo, like on on more than a couple of occasions has like kind of kept his inner world a little bit more um that's uh, true. close he, to the vest
0: i did i forgot yeah he for one he never tells anyone about his dad's um, and for another, there is that scene in uh, Season 1, Episode 9, I think, where he plays Kyle like a damn fiddle.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, he... Like, Bo is a very genuine character. Um, I would say definitely the third most genuine character. But he's also, like... He's crafty. And he can he can be... Um, subterfugious, I guess. I don't know he's what He's got the... very
0: high charisma. He's got some wisdom. The, the, the thing about Seahawk and Scorpia is zero intelligence. I think intelligence. they both have charisma. Zero intelligence, zero wisdom.
1: Yes, but very high charisma.
0: Um, but certainly, we should... We, and another character relationship we should talk about here, because it's very important. Catra and Scorpia.
1: Yes, now that is a quite a combination uh, that we're treated to pretty early here in the show's run, and... Honestly, uh, one of my favorite um, relationships, I actually, um, for quite a while, especially after the Crimson Waste episodes, I was, like, diehard Scorpio Catra, like, for sure. Like, that was that was such a good, like, that was such a good ship.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously the way that goes, it doesn't necessarily pan out very well. With um season four Catra just sort of I mean, she's terrible to Scorpia in season four.
1: No, yeah. Um Katra. She's terrible to everyone, but yeah, season... especially
0: egregiously Scorpia.
1: Yeah. Season four Catra is like <laughs> season four Catra. Uh there's I showed I showed you this before, but there's this picture of like a bunch of mascots like all like five people in the same mascot uniform in like a basketball stadium and like one is hitting one with a chair and one of them is just on the floor and one is like running around and all of them are labeled Catra and the chair is labeled Catra and that is season four in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) Season four is just this giant self-destruction spiral of Catras where she's just complete she's losing it she's just completely falling apart.
1: She's losing it she is she is just on a on an absolute hell bent path of destruction to ruin every relationship she has ever had, and she does really good at it.
0: And she's pretending that everything is fine and that she loves winning. She's she's the victory wine drill tweet in that in that season, for uh, sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, big time, big time, and um, yeah, there was and God, there's probably. As much as we get on like the the bit where um, Double Trouble just like eviscerates her, um I think honestly, the thing that cut um that cut into her the hardest by far is uh is when Scorpio was just like, You're a bad friend Well like...
0: right, because you know that <laughs> Scorpia means that. She doesn't say stuff like that without meaning behind it. She doesn't say that stuff without any weight behind it
1: oh no yeah like like the the emotional weight behind that just tini- the tiniest sentence in the world is like so much like like Katra reacts like she's been slapped in the face she acts. she looks like she's been shot like and she kind of has been like you know the nicest person the most forgiving person like the person who, like, no matter what, will basically always be there for you, who's just like, I don't really like you anymore.
0: Right. I mean, Scorpia... Scorpia puts up with so much of Catra's crap over the course of this series, and she's always still there for her. Um, and that one moment of just Scorpia realizing, no, you're you're a bad friend. I I shouldn't... I don't need to be here if you're going to treat me like this. And then she leaves
1: i know it's it's a really strong moment and to think like this it, it could have all been avoided there was that brief moment in the crimson waste where where catra and scorpio were like suddenly the leaders of the the cool jackets club whatever that gang was called and Tongue
0: lashores gang
1: yeah tongue lashores gang what a dumb name also <laughs> tongue lash i love that guy Love that he's guy. he's great um but yeah there's that moment where they almost almost were just like hey why do we need to go back to the horde? we can just like chill here and like just be like gang people in the middle of the desert like wouldn't that be fun um unfortunately um catra is catra and she chooses the wrong choice every time without fail
0: it's such a good episode and such a good group of scenes where they're having this party and she I'm just thinking about it now there's so many good moments between her and Scorpia when they when they're talking out on that balcony yeah and like you can see Catra, she's considering it for the first time in, in a very long time I think because at that point what does she have left in the horde Hordak basically sent her to die.
1: Yeah, Hordak sent her to die. Uh, At that point, I'm pretty sure Shadow Weaver is out of the picture.
0: Well, yeah, she knows Shadow Weaver is out of the picture, but that's the thing that causes her to go back, right? Is that Adora reveals that Shadow Weaver is in Bright Moon, and that just, like, the knowledge that not only did Shadow Weaver abandon her and leave her to Hordak's wrath uh, after showing her that kindness of bringing her the, the badge, not only that, But that she went to Adora It just It destroys her Just
1: really ruins her whole Situation Like if you needed needed to point To like a moment where the real Season 4 death spiral Begins I would say that's Probably it
0: That walk after she hears that Where it's just completely muted And she's just like staring off Into space
1: Yeah yeah, no. That is the moment. That is the moment where the the horrible self destruction begins.
0: Like so much of all of Katra's bad decisions, basically, can can go back to her trauma with Shadow Weaver, pretty much. Like, just like real life. Yeah, that's what makes her pull the lever on that portal.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And I mean, one of the one of the. The moment in the portal where um, Shadow Weaver is talking to Adora and Katra, just like in the first episode, right? But instead of insulting Katra and threatening her, she like, uh, and then Katra literally blew up reality to be so Adora could be by her side and Shadow Weaver would be nice to her.
1: Yeah, yeah it's god hey catcher catcher's arc is really strong it's really good and it's also just the saddest thing in the whole damn world
0: it's should we talk about the fan fiction there was a recent revelation
1: yes okay so yes the um our our gracious our gracious host and showrunner uh noelle stevenson revealed Um, during well no she didn't reveal it (laughs) did she not i I remember her her talking about it on the stream and then people were trying to find it yeah she was talking about on that on the charity stream that she did like immediately after season five ended she wrote a um uh fic and and she was sad because she'd get she didn't get any kudos on it for like (laughs) the first couple of days or something uh which is so sad cuz it's actually a v- it's actually very good.
0: Oh, it's fantastic as you would expect from
1: <laughs> I mean, she is a professional writer, I guess, so. Yeah, she's she's got a little bit of experience under her belt and she also revealed, of course, um that she is a big Hurt Comfort fan, which um I mean, who isn't? Listen, if you if you if you're telling me that Noel Stevenson is a Hurt Comfort fan, that is a that is probably the biggest water is wet moment of 2020.
0: <laughs> it just makes sense. It's just, it's just yeah, of course, that's how it should be. Oh, this... yeah.
1: I feel like I feel like Adoring Catcher's entire arc is essentially her comfort. Like that is Oh, yeah, that means the whole thing. <laughs> that's all of season 5. <laughs> yeah, essentially.
0: It's she time and time again proves herself to be such a fantastic showrunner and a joy and her brain is, you know,
1: it's always getting bigger is always always getting bigger.
0: Her power is always growing.
1: Just inf- infinitely expanding galaxy brain.
0: Yeah, if you want to look that one up, uh, I believe it is called Don't Go.
1: Yeah, it's uh Don't Go. It's on uh it's on AO3.
0: And make sure to put that under the, the tag the ship because it turns out there's a lot of fics on AO3 that have Don't Go in the name.
1: Yeah, it seems it seems to be a pretty <laughs> pretty common title. Uh, for quite a lot of uh, character interactions, it's good. It's yes. it's really good. I Scorpia, highly recommend it. Give it some kudos. You know,
0: give it a give Noelle the kudos she deserves. Yes. Katra, you know, back back to Scorpion. Katra. Catra is always surrounded by foils. Um, yes. First, it's Shadow Weaver, of course. Then it is Hordak, and then it is Double Trouble. Like. And then there's Scorpia.
1: Yeah, and is very interesting because I would consider her to be a positive foil. Like, she is still a foil to Catra, but not in, like, an antagonistic way.
0: Right. I mean, Scorpia could have every reason to be a sort of bitter, um, closed-off person, right? Her Her whole family was, like, removed from their kingdom, and their gemstone was stolen, and she was put into service with the horde as a trade for their safety right
1: yeah scorpia uh, i i really like scorpia's arc too um not to not to go on a tangent or anything but i i do i just i love that like like you know this character has gone through an enormous amount and they've got a lot of a lot of um hurt and a lot of you know stuff they've been through that they they've never processed they've basically just spent all of their time trying to be as upbeat and positive as possible and always look on the bright side and like just kind of try and you know just roll on past and 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 that sort of thing and just you know keep keep on keeping on about the whole thing not really stopping um to to think about anything and you see that actually in um uh, I forget the title of the episode, but it's the one where Princess she Princess Scorpia Princess Is Scorpia that. yeah, where she where she goes uh, and she's with Emily and they they end up in like the old um Scorpion Kingdom, like like, uh, I guess what... uh,
0: there it's their old castle, Horror Hall. yeah, great horror, name.
1: Horror Hall, great name. They're like King and Queen Chamber. the whatever that's called throne room throne room that's what it is i i remember things um but yeah she's in the throne room and she's like having to kind of address a bunch of feelings that she does not let herself think about and you know she'll like have a moment of vulnerability while she's talking to emily like yeah you know and and i don't know anything about any of these people because they they're all gone now um you know granddad kind of just gave me to the horde to be a child soldier but anyway let's not talk about that let's 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 just move on yeah like it's it's really strong and you get this really deep sense of like um, of like hurt like really really compartmentalized hurt um, in her case and it's it's really strong it's it's a really really strong thing that they they do with her character
0: scorpia starts off as very similar to seahawk just like a a big goofy comic relief character but they definitely um go above and beyond with with her arc i think it's 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 she's such a fantastic character
1: yeah one one of my favorites uh for absolute sure oh Um, yeah but um i guess to go back um real quick to, to katra and scorpia just like their dynamic is just in general i think really good they um and it, and it evolves a lot over time. Like, you know, they they go from, you know, Scorpio being this this extremely awkward but, like, very friendly, um, completely oblivious of her own awkwardness um, kind of character, where Catra at first is just, like, very, very irritated that this very large lady is just, like, here constantly in her personal space and... Um, but like, you know, she grows on her a lot and, you know, they, their, their like friendship and their dynamic gets really, um, really wholesome and really enjoyable. Um, especially once you have, um, uh, you have Entrapta thrown in the mix and then you get kind of the uh, anti best friend squad, you know, the, the, the Nega best friend squad. I believe and, you'll
0: find that their name is the Super Pal Trio.
1: Ah, uh, you're right. It is the Super Pal Trio. Um, God, I love the Super Pal trio. Like, I am so excited for those, uh, for those episodes coming up. They're not that far away.
0: No, the, um, the winter episode is the first one that comes to mind for me. The, the sort of Arctic Dig episode, which is also another Seahawk episode. And it's a, it's a great one.
1: Yes. Looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm just like, uh, I love, I love their interactions. I love, um, I love how you can see, especially, like, in Catra, like, you know, she closes herself off super hard. Like, she just shuts everything down after Adora leaves. Um, But when, you know, Scorpia and eventually Entrapta kind of get introduced and the best, you know, the super best friend trio is... Super pal trio. Super pal trio is is kind of establishing she, like... um, like she lets down those barriers a bit, and she like actually starts, kind of, you know, she starts being a little bit playful, and she starts, you know, joking around, and she starts kind of, like, even even pulling back a little bit on the level of ambition that she has. Like there there are a few different instances where she's like, eh, hey, you know, like, this this isn't that conducive to the mission, but it's it's fine. We'll we we can we can be silly for a little bit and it's 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 a really strong uh dynamic they build up
0: for sure I think in future we will definitely talk more about uh catcher and Hordak because that is one of the strongest parts of season four in my opinion because uh, oh, it yeah. turns out they're basically the same and that's terrible for both of them to be interacting
1: yeah it is mmm the absolute they they were made they were made to not be anywhere near each other
0: no and we'll get there once we'll, we'll we get, get more there. into Hordax arc in uh season 2 and 3 there
1: yeah he's he's all, he's his arc is actually really interesting too i'm excited to get there cuz uh he's got some cool stuff going on mm mm-hmm. mhm it doesn't seem
0: apparent at first especially not in these early episodes where he's just you know, like I said, hyper-competent, aloof, super bad guy. Yes. He's sitting on his throne and not really doing much, but don't worry, this will change. We know this.
1: this. This will change. He does take on a more active role. Um, a much
0: more active role.
1: Yes, per- perhaps too active of a role.
0: Well, <laughs> with that, I think we've reached the end of the spoiler discussion. For once we didn't talk for 15 minutes about Shadow Weaver, mostly because she didn't do anything in this episode
1: no not really but don't don't worry um fine viewers i'm sure we'll have more to talk about with shadow weaver um coming up i mean in, in two
0: episodes we've got in the shadows of mysticore coming up
1: yeah that's going to be a uh, it's going to be quite a shadow weaver heavy discussion episode god what a strong episode by the way
0: it's great i only recently rewatched this season with a friend and like i forgot how Season 1 has some very strong episodes in it. Obviously, the, the Monster of the Week stuff doesn't necessarily bring it to the heights of, of a Season 4 or 5, but it's got In the Shadows of Mysticor, Princess Prom, and Promises, all in short order.
1: Yes, and um, also Battle of Bright Moon, which I think, like, while weaker than the other three, I think is still like actually a pretty strong episode.
0: Yes, I like that one a lot. Uh, but I think that'll do it for now. Once again, um, we will have links to uh, bail funds and all that sort of stuff when the episode comes out. Look for those in the description. Um, yeah. I would also say um, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Himalaya. I'm working on putting this show on more platforms, but those are the two that it's up on right now. Um follow us leave some reviews on those platforms get this algorithm working
1: yeah leave some reviews you know give us some viewer engagement leave some comments you know that kind of thing yeah the questions we actually um follow us on twitter at podcast
0: of power I post a question post there every time we record
1: uh yeah yeah definitely drop us drop us a few questions um we, I was I was thinking about getting like a Curious Cat set up so it's a little easier to submit questions. Um, so uh, we'll probably have that up by the time the uh, next episode rolls around, or at least time to record it rolls around. I think we're doing a double record next week, right? We're going
0: to be doing a double record next week because I will be moving shortly. Yeah, it's um, always a fun time. But uh, after that we should be back on our normal schedule. Yeah, next week is going to be the first Entrapta episode and In the Shadows of Mysticore, a strong double feature, I think.
1: Oh yeah, big time. I'm I'm looking forward to that, of course, especially because it has um, one of the best characters in the show, Entrapta. Uh,
0: there's going to be so much to talk about with Entrapta. Yes. But yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter, leave a review, follow us on iTunes, Himalaya, all that good stuff. Um, and stay safe out there, because boy...
1: Yeah, definitely stay safe if you're if you're out there and and uh, fighting the good fight. Like uh, you know, it's it's not been it's not been qu- quite as quite as bad everywhere, but you know, it's where it is bad. It's it's pretty bad. So you know, stay safe. Make sure you're you're you got water. You got um, bring bring a bring a buddy. Like use the buddy system. Trust me on that one. That's that's pretty pretty important. Um, you know, make sure you know where your medics are and, uh, you know, Godspeed.
0: Watch each other's backs out there. Absolutely. Uh, but until next time, I have been one of your hosts, Nero.
1: And I've been the other host, Jane. And we still don't have a sign off. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that for next time. (laughs) Maybe this can be our sign
0: off. It's just, we don't have a sign off.
1: We don't have a sign off. See ya, folks. See ya later.